Hello, listeners, and welcome to At Last, the season two finale of God versus God. Andrew, welcome. Yeah. Good welcome. to see you. Thanks. Uh, all of you out there who've been following along breathlessly with us this season, of course, we've been pitting right. together the gods of ancient Egypt to determine which among them is best suited to make the ultimate comeback, come out of retirement, and return to save our troubled world, which still somehow seems to be getting more troubled by the day. <laughs> All the more necessary. Yeah. Uh, and so in this finale of season two, we're going to make that final determination. Uh, we're going to determine who is the victor of the ancient Egypt season so that that winner can join our new pantheon and make that ultimate comeback. Uh, we're very excited to be here yes. to, to conclude this uh, this wild and woolly season. Uh, and I feel like a field, full disclosures uh, are, are ne- necessary up front. So for, for those listening at home, uh, Andrew, I have to tell him. So we've got our wires crossed a little bit on the dress code for the finale. So I <laughs> repeated uh, the tradition I thought that we had from season one. I have my full tuxedo on um, for the formality of the occasion. I also timed it to get a fresh haircut this afternoon, <laughs> yeah. which I now Sharp. realize completely lost on the audience. Totally <laughs> useless, right. but hopefully at least you you can appreciate it. Uh, so Sharp. I'm feeling good. Yes, thank you. Uh, Andrew, on the other hand, uh, and you can't see it, but he's dressed in full Egyptian god wear, uh, the same <laughs> looks we've been describing all season. Right. So uh, looking very good, head to toe in mummy form. He's got the ATF crown going. He's got a, a Waz scepter. He's carrying the Ankh. Um, I'm, just, I'm thankful right. that you're you're showing this commitment. I'm also grateful you've not uh, gone the extra mile and taken the head of a jackal <laughs> or a crocodile or a cat. I uh, feel like that could inter- interfere with your powers of speech. And frankly, be very distracting to me. So I, I admire your restraint in uh, remaining human headed. Thanks. Yeah. For this recording. The ATF um, crown is about as far as I could go. That's right. <laughs> well, uh, well done on your festive attire. Uh, my hat would be off to you if, if I'd bothered to wear one. Uh, so before we get into how this episode's going to work, I, I'd love to give a quick word on our winner from season one. Kind of a status update from how that winter is doing. It's been, as we've discussed, nearly a year. Uh, it was yep. last October. Right. I think it's time to we can issue a spoiler uh, for those who fall back. Yeah. So uh, the first season's prize was the Golden Goat. And the winner of that by, it turned out, the slimmest of margins. Yes. Uh, in, a, in a dramatic tiebreaker was, in fact, Prometheus, uh, who edged out Apollo in that final competition. So the God of Fire... Just managed to, to burn just a little brighter, and the god of prophecy just shrugged and said he saw it coming. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was close, and and so now it, it's time to ask ourselves: given a, a year of history, how has Prometheus been doing since he joined this new pantheon? So, I think we can say without doubt, he, there's been no shortage of his primary tool of fire. Um, of course, the <laughs> Canadian wildfires that we've uh, we've seen they've made for some hazy days uh, both <laughs> in the East Coast where yep. you are, and 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 here as well in a very kind of orangey, mysterious way. Uh, it has, you know, the, the heat has been on the hottest summer, I think, in recorded history, which has been very bad for the South, very bad for Europe. Actually, quite quite pleasant here in Chicago. So, uh, <laughs> so I say Prometheus, whatever, whatever you're doing, keep up the good work. You're spared. Yes, so far. Uh, he has also, Prometheus has been a subtle presence in pop culture, of course, thanks to the hit movie Oppenheimer, which is based on the book American Prometheus. Correct. Uh, that film, of course, uh, a reminder in more current day terms of what happens when you introduce immeasurable fiery power to humanity. You may recall, and I, I was recently reminded of this, Prometheus was also the god of unintended consequences. Uh, and of course, last year had 
plenty of those. For instance, usually, at least in our country, justice and electoral democracy, typically both good things working kind of independently. Uh, However flawed, this year it's shaping up that each of them is going to sort of have a feedback loop with the other to make each one even more of a disaster. Uh, So that's going to be a challenge. Um, Unintended consequence. Nobody saw that coming. They're supposed to be parallel tracks. They will likely intersect. Uh, Also unintended consequences, that guy in Russia who led that uh, coup. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he ended up, uh, by a strange coincidence, dying in a plane crash just yeah. a couple of months later. I no, no, Nobody saw that coming. So no. just goes to show you, you never know. Un- unintended consequences, uh, not in short supply. And clearly Prometheus has been busy. I'm not clear how these contributions are helping to save our troubled world, but at least he's he's making his presence known. Uh, Andrew, anything you'd like to add about Prometheus? In well, the last yeah. You know, uh, you know, in his first round uh, with us, uh, Prometheus sort of, he gave primitive men fire, he, which kicked off all technology, craftsmanship, uh, culinary improvement, uh, ramen noodles and such. Uh, but in that less than a year since his unretirement, uh, you know, what's he done for us? Now, I talked to the Nobel Committee and, and apparently uh, we can't prove that this is all all Prometheus, as they sure, made very sure. clear. Uh, but after what a, a period that the economist Tyler Cohen described as the great stagnation, yeah, uh, you know, technology has really uh, kicked off. So, oh. just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the New York Times uh, ran a headline that said, "Pig kidney performing well into brain dead patients." Okay, so, <laughs> no, that talking. is good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we of course uh, have our our, our uh, creepy friends in the uh, large language model community, yes. uh, such as Ch- Chat GPT. Uh, right. You know, an innovation with no conceivable possible downsides. No, that should be just right. smooth sailing from here on out. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's there's also uh, I don't know if you saw this one, but there was a vaccine introduced for bees. What? Uh, no. Yeah, so so to help them fight uh, a nasty fungus. So uh, we of course had the the god of beekeeping in. So I think maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Prometheus threw one uh, to his fellow god. That's impressive. Um, yeah. Also, last year, NASA tested the double asteroid redirection test, okay. uh, where they launched into space an object that smashed into the asteroid uh, Demaphorus, yes. changing its orbit. Uh, That's right. So first, first time mankind has reached into space uh, and changed the path of a celestial object. Of course, Prometheus famously went to the moon. I'm sorry, went to the sun and got his fire. <laughs> yes. uh, and then lastly, uh, just yesterday, I had to throw this one in. I, I read about the creation of a human embryo-like cell mass that okay. was started from ce- from stem cells that mimicked a human embryo. So really? now again, I'm sure there's no possible downside for these scientists playing no. God in this way. So <laughs> Definitely not. Huh. So, not, nothing but gravy from here on out. So I, I would say thank you, Prometheus, and to all our listeners. Well, you're you're, you're welcome. That's so. yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> wow. Well, that certainly is more compelling evidence than is uh, smoky air in a movie. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that's maybe a little more encouraging. Very good. Yeah. Well, thank you, Prometheus. Keep up the good work. We look forward to, at the end of this episode, providing a colleague for you in that yep. new pantheon to aid in your labors. Well, 
Uh, after that update, let's let's talk about the rules here. Let's talk about yep. how this this finale is going to work. It's going to be a slight update from last season, so please please pay careful attention. If if you're if you're not seated, please have a comfortable <laughs> seat uh, to give your full focus. So Andrew and I once again have have painstakingly gone through the entirety of the season in audio. Uh, a little bit shorter this season, only ten and a half hours of content. So so <laughs> the equivalent of watching like a Barbenheimer double header twice. Um, very modest amount of content now. Here's how this works. Only the winners of the seven episodes are eligible for this final round. So great contestants, not all made it through and won the uh, golden ale for their individual episodes. So Andrew and I have considered those eligible contestants against our trusty five categories. And you know them by now very well, Immortal Kombat, Curriculum Deity, Good God, Iconography, Matinee Idol. So the contestants who are eligible, we've gone through those, those categories and only eligible if they have themselves won in direct competition in that category. So you've Correct. got to win your episode. And then to be eligible in that category, you have to have won that category as well. So a subset uh, is eligible for each of the categories. So as you can imagine, anything involving our, our dear friend Andrew involved a powerful speech. <laughs> this was no exception. So we got right. those all whittled down. Each of us uh, separately chose our top two eligible cat- finishers in each category, awarded points accordingly. So the first half of this episode, immediately following this this brief preamble, and I've actually written the word brief in quotes, <laughs> uh, we're going to walk through our choices. We're going to talk through who our number two and number one choices were of eligible contestants in each category. We're going to result, we're going to put the tally together. That will give us our two finalists, ending the first part of the episode. Then, after a short break of no more than 10 seconds... <laughs> We will immediately resume the second half of the show, in which case, in which Andrew and I are going to pit those two finalists together, as we did last time, against three all-new finale-specific categories, which we'll talk about as we get to them. So ultimately, we're going to do all that math. We'll come up with our competitor who finishes as the ultimate victor. They will receive the golden ale for the season, and they will join Prometheus, God of Fire, in our new pantheon of gods, making the ultimate comeback to save us all. That's right. Did I get that correct, Andrew? Because if I didn't, and we didn't follow the same rules, <laughs> this episode is royally screwed. Yes. No, no. We, we have the same rules. We, so I, you know, I think I had thought at the end we may have the ultimate winner beat get the golden bowl, since this has been a very cow-forward uh, season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I've already painstakingly prepared the graphics for the uh, finale. <laughs> oh, that's right. That might... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. May, Suggestion that noted. But... <laughs> Uh, very good. Well, then, uh, with all that clear, let's commence uh, season two, season finale. And as we say, but once a season, may the best two finalists emerge. <laughs> so, Andrew, why don't you uh, why don't you begin to call out the categories and right. have us sure. reveal our top two and why? All right. We start, as always, with Immortal Combat, which is, again, uh, who would win in kind of a schoolyard fight one-on-one and i'm going to give my top two uh winners first uh starting with number two uh so number two i went with Ra, king of the gods um you know he is talk about battle hardened uh Mm. every night he takes the sun bark through the underworld battling demons battling snakes battling snake-headed demons, and I wouldn't be shocked to learn that he had some demon-headed snakes <laughs> in there as well. In the mix, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and with with an undefeated record, I, I mm-hmm. would add. Now, so why did he get number two and not number one? Well, of course, Ra's go-to move is really to delegate the fighting to someone right. else. Right. Uh, 
So, you know, we think he probably does well. He certainly is a good commander, but doing battle himself one-on-one is not his forte. So for me, uh, that moved him down to uh, number two. Fair enough. So, and then number one, my first place vote went to Horus, the god of the sky. Um, you know, we know that he is at this point also very, very battle-hardened. He spent 80 years in a close contest against his uncle Set. Uh he cut off his own mother's head, so we know he has the fight in him. Yes. Um, and, and he ultimately came out victorious in that pitched battle. He certainly has the determination. So uh, I went with Horace as number one. Very nice. Good. Well, I feel like eligible in this category were just three gods. So you had the two that you named, Ra and Horace, and Kansu is the third. So we're dealing with a subset here. Now I chose I Ra was my runner up in the third slot. So he didn't he didn't get my top two, but I feel like given he is the has the stature he does, I feel like I should give a little explanation as to why Ra did yep. not crack the top two. Um, as you said, great power, creator of all things. Um, you pointed out in in back in episode one, I believe, that he had potentially the power if he wanted to as creator to just name a weapon and yep. it would appear uh, if he wanted to. But uh, as you indicated, hand-to-hand combat, uh, you know, some serious deficiencies there. The entourage was very much delegated to. Um, the best he could kind of do as a, as a kind of go-to move was removing an eye and sending it out into the universe to spy on people, which is great in, in surveillance, but not so much in combat. So, uh, But a bigger concern with Ra is um, to save this troubled world requires a bit of time and energy, and Ra is a busy man. Uh, yeah. I just don't know if he has the time to fit us in. He's got, as you said, all those battles built into his daily routine. Apart from the snake battles is you know, cocktail parties with the dead clothing drives. <laughs> it's a very full schedule. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's, he's bandwidth constrained. Um, but also it occurred to me, he is, we'll recall a baby in the morning yeah. and a kind of a drooling old man in the end of the day. So really his window of, 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 of good fighting is really only midday. Yeah. Um, so there's some limitations there. So all due respect for Ra, but he didn't make the top two for me. And I figured I, I, I owed him that explanation. Uh, coming in at number two for me was in fact, uh, Kansu, the moon God. Yep. Um, we okay. had, he was the victor of our most recent installment, episode seven, uh, had some interesting kind of novel, um, motifs in terms of combat. He was able to control the moon and the evening light, and and we decided also the tides, uh, even if the Egyptians <laughs> yeah. did not know that, but this is modern day, so right. it's relevant. So if the battle was by the sea, he would be, he'd be advantageous there. Yeah. Had that sort of bloodthirsty, uh, fierce nature. He had the falcon head, so if all else failed, he could peck at you. Um, <laughs> and he was, of course, a healer, so if he were to get injured in the fight, he could but you know, presumably heal himself. Right. And as we covered, he can also control time. So if he makes a misstep in battle, he gets his trusty old Rolex out, dials it back and gets a second shot. Um, and if he, ever, if all else fails, if he gets into trouble, he can always gamble his way out of it, which was typically his go-to move uh, against best. So hand-to-hand combat wise, a lot of options for Kansu, pretty good choice. Give him the second slot, but for my first shot, I will give, I will give it to Horus, uh, the sky God, Champion of episode six, uh, and you mentioned some of the good reasons why, of course, willingness to fight. Yes, he began the battle against Uncle Set in the contendings of Horace and Set at a, such a young age. He was uh, barely done breastfeeding, uh, so was had, had an itching to get the fight on as soon as he could. Of course, great resilience over 80 years. As you mentioned, he had the temper to behead uh, his own mother temporarily. She was reheaded. Yep. Uh, 
ISIS <laughs> was eventually. Yeah. And also versatility. You know, you got to go where the battle goes. And sometimes the battle takes you to traditional combat. Sometimes it gets into things like shifting into a hippo and uh, holding your breath and having that be a contest. And he was versatile in all those modes of battle. No reason to think he wouldn't uh, succeed in hand to hand combat here. Um, and he did ultimately right. win over time, um, over 80 years, and he got the yeah. job done. So whether he is, whatever form he takes, full falcon-headed man, full falcon, head of a falcon, body of a lion, head of a falcon, body of a crocodile, all <laughs> options, all in his toolkit in battle. Yeah. So, uh, And last but not least, as god of the sky, he also possesses the power over it. He can manipulate storms. Uh, so that's a great advantage as well in the hand-to-hand combat. If, if things go south, Create a tropical storm. Mix it up. Right. Uh, so between that willingness to fight the temper, track record in battle, and significant tools in combat, I get a uh, top vote in this category goes to Horus. All right. So we are in agreement there. And uh, two number one votes for Horus. Strong start. And, uh, and remind me, Andrew, each, each first place vote gets six two. points? Two. <laughs> two. All right. Okay. And the second place vote gets one. Yeah. In, in, the, in the grand tally. Very good. Yep. Excellent. For those of you keeping score at home, yeah, if you, if you, yeah, if you didn't get your scorecard, uh, those <laughs> hopefully are, are in the mail, uh, coming to you, um, commemorative. So that's right. Um, so this, so we're gonna go to our second category, which is curriculum deity. And uh, Matt, as is tradition, why don't, why don't you take the lead on this one? Yes. So. Only two gods eligible in this one, Thoth and Isis. So so wanted to you shout out a lot of great competitors, Hather, Tefnut, Bastet, Bess, all in the mix, uh, who did well in this category, uh, but did not win the golden ale for that episode. So they're not eligible here. Um, only two remaining contestants, but because points do matter, we still have to rank them. So yep. uh, coming in number two for me is Isis, goddess of healing, the champion of episode four. Um and, you know, as far as, as being versus worship, I think in terms of being, yes, you know, she was a queen, which is a good thing, but had a very difficult run. We can agree to that. Had that great marriage at the beginning to Osiris, who was this kind, charismatic fellow uh, and leader, got to take over the reins while he was away on his little cultural backpacking tour of Europe. So had a brief stint as as Pharaoh herself. But then, of course, the troubles began. Uh, her husband was assassinated multiple times and this long period of, of, of danger of wandering. Ultimately Osiris did come back on top. I'm sorry. Isis came back on top along with yep. Osiris um, was summarily then retired to the afterlife. But of course, in the end, Horus, their son defeated set family power was restored over the course of an 80 year ordeal. So as you pointed out in that episode, as bonus points, Isis also managed to find a wealthy Greek guy and get me remarried after all this. So, <laughs> few thousand years before Jackie Onassis uh, put that and made it fashionable. So highs and, long, highs and lows along the way, but ultimately some pretty good highs, I think, over the course of Isis's career. Um, in terms of worship, definitely, as you pointed out, a rags to riches story. I believe you mentioned she at the beginning was was essentially just a deified chair. Yes. Uh, and it rose from, from being humble furniture to uh, to a goddess who was universally beloved. Lots of iconic moments uh, had had, had worshipped that ritualized, particularly lamentations. It was a little heavy on the morning, uh, but but due to her uh, the first death of Osiris and and her morning there had uh, good practice with it, and a pretty strong festival. Right, it was a very yeah. sort of a festive atmosphere. Good costumes. There was a bit of a, a serious element with the lamentations, but ultimately, as you like it, a big party on the beach afterward as everybody uh, gave gifts to the temple of Isis. So. 
pretty good showing there. That gets her the second slot. Uh, but for me, in the first slot for this one, I'm going to go with Thoth, God of Wisdom, from okay. episode three. So um, pros and cons, right? So in terms of being, you you pointed out in that episode, he was a bit of a of a workaholic, had a lot of jobs, uh, sort of the, the Ryan Seacrest of his day, uh, <laughs> advising the kings, a lot of writing. He was He had a part to play on the solar barge was recording the judgment of souls had a lot to do uh also had a bit of a commute which is a bit of a downside this is you know spending time in the duot as part of his responsibilities they did not let you work from home back then so he had to <laughs> make that trek uh no. but ultimately some good spots he did lots of writing so you talked about the 42 42 book series that he was written by thoth to talk about the whole philosophy of the egyptians closely guarded very highly regarded to that. And as you also pointed out, he is credited by at least one historian of writing 36,525 books. Yeah. Uh, which I think is close to where Stephen King is at this point. <laughs> um, we, I, I did right. the math. We will not have that many podcast episodes until about this time next year. So it's, we're getting <laughs> close. Um, so yeah, we're, 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 we're talking about some, some pretty good pros in terms of being worshiping, you know, a couple big temples. I think you pointed out, even though even though he didn't have as many temples as some of his competitors, a lot of the temples had a a good Thoth section. So he was sort of this franchise model for convenience, where you know you get to the equivalent of a Seven Eleven, just big built into to uh, to the gas station. Right. Um, had a pretty good festival as well. So I think you mentioned it was somewhere right between uh, the 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 Death of Osiris Fest, so the real sort of lamentation heavy morning one, and the Drunken Goddess Festival. Um, Thoth's birthday was right there in between. So there's sort of like right in the middle in terms of tone. So not as uh, somber as the sort of death oriented one, not as raucous <laughs> as the other one. Right. Um, between raucous and, and between raucous and somber, the sweet spot right in the middle, which is how I kind of use my Saturdays, you know, really <laughs> right in the middle, just the transition period. Um, and you pointed out the Isis, or I'm sorry, the, the Ibis bird uh, was sacred, and that was a big yep. thing for Thoth. So if you wanted to be in his good graces, you could make a mummy of one of these birds and present it to the god. So, you know, not only do you get a god to worship, you get a nice little sort of arts and crafts hobby <laughs> to add to the side of all it. Right. You can dabble in bird mummification. So given all that, I think Thoth gets the edge for me. Isis had a lot of suffering in, you know, in between the good times. Thoth had a fairly consistently productive career, pretty steady. And so to be and to worship, I give that to Thoth. All right. Interesting. So, I, you know, it, it's going to seem superficially like we're really close on this one, uh, but actually uh, we're exact opposite because I have my second, because since we had so limited options, right. uh, my second vote goes to Thoth. Hmm. Uh, you know, he was that intellectual scribe, wise man, you know, an occasional monkey, uh, right. guy, with, guy with an ibis head. I did downgrade him a little bit, uh because I felt like if you're going to be Thoth, you're going to have to be have an ibis head for a good amount of the time. Yeah. Uh, and while while that did come with the ability to hear grubs uh, underground, <laughs> which I'm not discounting, uh, that no. was a little bit of a, of a, a downgrade for me. Sure. Um, you know, maybe I'm being a little conservative. It's just a, a look that I, 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 you know, a little bit of a risk there. I, I uh, agree. So, so, you know, so number one, that means that it came down to ISIS. You know, and despite having some some rough patches uh, mm. in that life story, as you laid out, the death of Osiris, uh, you know, having to the sort of uh, stress of that long prolonged battle with Horus and Set, she right. also had to to run from Set while while Horus was a baby. But 
she always kept her head. Uh, you know, she was always able to do what needed to be done. Uh, you know, whether it was poisoning her great grandfather with a magic <laughs> snake uh, made from drool and dirt, or reassembling yeah. her husband in order to conceive a revenge baby. Yeah. Uh, with a dead guy, you know, she she was willing to do uh, what needed to be done, and I admire that. So she, you know, that's the the kind of aspirational that that can do spirit. Uh, that, that she seemed to always have. Um, I will point so, out that she always kept her head in a figurative sense. Oh, that is true. That is true. But even without her head, she she was calm and did not uh, did not panic. <laughs> nope. So, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, on the worship, uh, you know, she had that meteoric rise, uh, and at one point was said to even ri- rival Christianity uh, in the late antiquity. Uh, but you know, her cult had that celebratory spirit. Yes, there was the lamentations, uh, but you know, at the appropriate time at, at a funeral. So, uh, sure, sure. We'll, we'll let go there, but overall I figured that would be pretty good. And, and I think on the, uh, the Thoth, uh, cult, you know, uh, the Ibis mummification, you know, you will, you may recall that there was some scandal there. Sometimes you, you'd get a mummified ibis that was really only half ibis. That's true. <laughs> they were, they, they were know, cutting the ibis. Cut some had, corners. Yeah. yeah had, to, had to watch out for that. So for all those reasons, uh, I decided to go with um, Isis is number one, Thoth is number two. Okay. Uh, and so we'll go from there. Very good. And that moves us to our third round, which is Good God. All right. So, and I, I will take the first one here. So mm-hmm. on this one, on my second vote, I went with Isis again. So uh, we should remember that in her relationship with humans, Isis is primarily known for protecting mothers and children. Uh, she's known for healing sick kids. Right. Uh, she, uh, and of course, does set the gold standard for funeral lamentation. Yeah. Uh, hard, hard working at that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she, she, Falls to second, however, because of her relationship with some of her fellow gods. Uh, yes, she was very clever, but not so nice uh, in poisoning Ra. The great grandfather uh, right. was willing to, you know, throw a harpoon at another god, maybe cheat at some boating in, uh, <laughs> games. So, uh, for those reasons, she didn't quite make it to the number one for me, yeah, uh, yeah. and was downgraded, despite her pretty stellar. Uh, record with treating of humans, even though one of the the kids she she is known for for saving was uh, poisoned by her pet scorpion. So that's right. <laughs> but uh, so for for good God uh, in the lead here, I had Osiris. Uh, so you will recall that the first day on the job, what does Osiris do? He he ends cannibalism. That's right. A progressive Egypt. hero. That's, that that is a pretty big win. He just. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, by executive order, comes in there, signs on the first day, no more eating each other. So, That's right. uh, pretty pretty good. Maybe maybe some other gods would have done that, but there were there were god kings before that, and none of them did. No. It was Osiris uh, who did it. So, and within that reign, um, in addition to the ending uh, cannibalism, by all accounts, he was a good king. He he spread civilization not only in egypt but in a, a goodwill tour around uh the mediterranean uh spreading that knowledge of met of 
uh, civilization and learning and not eating each other. Uh, so oh, big, big, big win. All there. the hallmarks so, of, of lasting cultures. Yes. Yes. So, so, uh, and even after being killed twice, uh, you'll crawl, you know, instead of just going into full retirement, which he totally would have been justified, right. Uh, having been killed twice and hacked to pieces, uh, he, he continues to give back to the community, uh, and, and takes, uh, lordship over the dead and by all accounts that we get through egyptian writing he was again a fair ruler deciding fairly between uh who who got to go to the good place and, and who got to be eaten right. uh by a serpent so uh, i i gave him for all those reasons he, he came out number one for me excellent well uh he is in, a, in in second place. I, I I will give a shout out to Isis for getting a close third, uh, okay. for the reasons you described. Osiris gets second place for me here, uh, because I think it, he shows a lot of character in in some of the travails that he goes through. So I don't have to mention the cannibalism thing that, of course, coming out strong. I do want to pair it with the fact that he was also a champion of agriculture. So not only was he outlawing people from eating other people, but he was encouraging people to grow more arable crops. Uh, so, so raising the nutrition level of his constituency, uh, both in terms of uh, adjusting for the, the lack of nutrition in human meat. Uh, but, but, but on the other side, <laughs> making sure there's plenty of good stuff to grow. Yep. Uh, a good long-term strategic move there that, that, that shows good character. And I gotta believe all those, those experiences he went through being trapped in a coffin after, you know, being sort of usurped, dismembered, distributed, reconstituted, those all gotta be character building. I mean, you're going to learn yep. lessons from that. That is, that is not something particularly from a privileged, you know, scion of the royal family. Yeah. Um, that's a lot to go through. And I think he he showed some good marks there. And as you mentioned, running the afterlife, um, an active service in that that third act he didn't have to do, but he did. Um, and as you said, did a good job. It, as long as you were on his good side, he did pretty well. Um, on the whole, I think definitely could be considered a stand-up guy if, in fact, even if half the time he was unable to actually stand up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but pretty solid character throughout. Uh I went with Ra uh, as my as my number one, and I think that it's, it's it's this idea that his character has great longevity. It comes through in the lasting contributions he made. So not not just the sort of things he did, stories we know, but creating the world, the concept of divine order. You know, making sure that the world was not just a, a sort of messy place, but it had a certain set of logic to it. Uh, as as I believe you pointed out in, in episode one, he also gave up power voluntarily. Um, when it was time to allow new gods to come into the scene. So give him character points for that. Uh, and just did his job every day. Got it done. Right. Got the solar barge, you know, a lot of effort that that takes coming, living and dying, the the aging, coming face to face with your own corpse every day, fighting the giant snakes. You know, the consistency of that is to be admired. Um, and just nice character touches, like holding a little clothing drive for the, for underclothed deities as the course of his uh, his routine travels. Admittedly, the whole eye of Ra thing, just sending his eye out to spy on people, a little creepy. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll let that slide a little bit. He did uh, he did ended up starting a bit of a rebellion, I believe. Uh, but he also ended up diffusing that situation, so it turned out okay. So, of those two, between the top two of of Osiris and Ra in terms of character, I give Ra the nod because okay. of the consistency of that character. You know, he was yep. always that guy from beginning, day in and day out. Whereas Osiris, from all of his strengths. Let's just say he had his ups and downs. He had his moments of strength and his moments of weakness. So uh, for that reason, giving giving character a bit of a premium here, I uh, I give Ra my number one vote. All right. Excellent. All right. 
And that brings us to iconography. So that is, uh, you know, who has the lasting legacy? Right. Uh, who's with us today most? Uh, and I'm going to go, or uh, you're going to go first on this one, right? Yeah. Uh, so and- lots of eligible contestants here. As we've discussed, this was a, you know, the Egyptian gods are a little more obscure in our yeah. own culture. Right. Not as easy to find some of these lasting marks as it was in our Greco-Roman season. Uh, so a little tough call, a little extra research to be done. It, it, and and with all due respect, Andrew, it seems like you had to work even a little harder to find holster manufacturers <laughs> uh, for a number of these deities. Wow. Uh, normally, I would give Ra some credit here for the staff of Ra showing up in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, of course, the great musician Sun Ra, favorite of mine, but did not quite make the cut. Uh, my okay. top two. Second is going to be Osiris. So, of course, the name does live on. As we talked about, there's a band, there's an optical spectrometer. But more more importantly, Osiris has the aesthetic influence that remains powerful in in how we think about Egyptians, even to this day. So, of course, the mummy look, Mm. he debuted that. You'll recall it was by necessity, but that has become the iconic look for ancient Egypt. Um, As we talked about, it was Anubis doing the mummying, but uh, Osiris being incapable of doing itself. It, yeah, he, he wore the best. For him. That's right. So you get the mummy from his tradition. You also get the uh, the fake beard, the mummy beard, that little uh, chin beard that is now so iconic as well, as essential to that ancient Egyptian look. And as I mentioned, also essential to the band Lincoln Park for a while back <laughs> in the early 2000s. And that extra solar planet called Osiris that is 200 times bigger than the earth. So bonus points for that. It's a nice amount of, of lasting influence, at least in the, in terms of how we look back at, at Egyptian culture and some of, some of pop culture as well. But I think ISIS has to get the number one vote for me. You mentioned there's a song by Bob Dylan, which always automatically scores points. The band from yeah. Boston, uh, Denver bookstore, perfume, some fashion awards, a superhero show uh, last week. Just this past Sunday, the goddess Isis got a shout out on the show Billions on Showtime. Oh. Can't get much more current day than this one. <laughs> um, That's right. And, you know, for better or for worse, uh, thanks to the antics and the shenanigans of uh, those 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 Al-Qaeda little brother folks over there, uh, the name Isis does uh, live on despite their eventual uh, defeat. I think they're defeated, right? Yeah, I think they're mostly defeated. defeated. All right. Yeah. But they've certainly been in the headlines, we can yeah. say, for the last yeah. many years. So. For better or for worse, Isis has become uh, a household name. And so for that, uh, Isis gets my number one. All right. Interesting. So, you know, I will say that uh, I, too, had Raw as as a close 30, almost uh, made it in there. For some of the, the reasons that you uh, mentioned, um, it, you know, the, the staff staff of Raw in, in the great movie um, uh, Indiana Jones, to, um, but he also had a mention in uh, the Christian Bible as you know, as the deity. Uh, he mm. he was a little bit the bad guy, uh, and I got a little bit of a bad portrayal in in, in that particular episode. But uh, you know, that's that's a book that's as you pointed out, uh, still a number one seller, but very minor part. So I didn't give that too much credit, and that's why he ended up in uh, number three. So. And I had the same two first uh, one and two as you did between Osiris and Isis. You know, uh, it came down to the you know perhaps that original power couple, Osiris yes. and Isis. Um, you know, for starters, those two names were by far the most popular baby names uh, in the U.S. among our our potential Golden Ale winners. Uh, 
there, Osiris, uh, he narrowly beat out Isis. Uh, Osiris had 126 babies per million. BPS, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in, in his, uh, for named, and Isis uh, had 62 uh, babies per million. Okay. So, so he nearly, nearly do- doubled her up there. Not bad. Uh, now, it, it is true uh, that Isis is recovering a little bit from uh, that association with the incredibly violent verbal uh, yes. terrorist group. Yes. Uh, but it did put Osiris in the lead on that. Um, hmm. And then, of course, I, I had to look uh, at holsters. Um, sure. And unfortunately, the only holster for ISIS uh, that that I could find were again associated with uh, the <laughs> yeah. radical group ISIS. I, uh, they, you got to see that coming. Yes. Yeah. Got to put some, those guns somewhere. That yeah. That, there there were some that that are out there on on eBay and things for for people who are into those sort of collections, but those are not manufactured and not directly associated with the goddess. Not officially branded merchandise. <laughs> no, no, not not. <laughs> Not as very off-brand, yes, uh, for for her. So uh, couldn't really count that. But um, for Osiris, on the other hand, there was there is the Osiris holster for Glocks. No, and this is, <laughs> and and the advertising says, uh, copy says the Osiris is our overt over the waistband belt holster, suited for the idpa and the uspsa and general range use when paired with an appropriate belt mount sold separately so in other words you know it is an over the waist belt clip uh that can be used for uh shooting range competitions which i believe is what those uh letters stand for i didn't bother to look them up but (laughs) um coming in first with, with the baby names coming in first with the holster i i it was pretty clear that it was Isis number two and Osiris as number one for me. Very good. <laughs> I was uh, going to ask about those acronyms. Thankfully, uh, neither of us bothered to look them up. <laughs> no, no. It sounded like maybe one was like a pickleball corporation, the other was like <laughs> the United States Postal Service output. In either case, having a firearm, maybe not the always the worst thing, but no, no. <laughs> right, right. We'll save those uh, for, the, uh, <laughs> for the footnotes. Yeah, in case those, in case that pickleball games go south. <laughs> That's um, right. And that brings us to our final regular category uh, where we will uh, finish this out. And that is, of course, the ever popular and always pertinent matinee idol, uh, where we decide whose life would make the better movie or limited series. Um, and I, I'm going to go first on this one. Uh, so my second place vote uh went to the god of the moon Kansu, yeah. uh which had the tale of the gambling moon um you know with had some modern updates in it one of the reasons though that he did fall for number two was I, I, there might have been some copyright issues <laughs> with that time watch uh so if we were actually ever get our pitch uh bought by one of the major studios once they they clear up their current labor disputes uh the lawyers are going to have some work to do on that so um but it is an interesting story. Kansu already has a, a Marvel slash Disney vehicle. Uh, so combine that with the pitch that you gave and uh, the Marvel vehicle, I, f- I figure that's good for at least a number two vote. Yes. And then for number one in this group, I went with uh, King of the Gods, God of the Sun, uh, Ra as the winner. Um, he had an epic action 
action-packed nightly journey right. on that sunbark in the world of the dead uh, that both begins and ends uh, with the gods' daily rebirth at dawn as a baby. Um, you know, I gave Ra a nod in part because all of that action that is in there really comes from his tales and from the walls of some of the pharaohs' tombs. Uh, so that is a story that is, has been told for for five thousand years. Um, relies on his ancient mythology with limited embellishments on our parts, and of course, those tomb wall depictions are in the public commons at this point. That's true. So we can just feel free to to grab those and use <laughs> them a, as we will, uh, and and give our elevator pitch the next time we're both out in Hollywood. Yes, excellent. Well. A few eligible for this one. I do recall Sobek and Bastet both had very good entries. Uh, both had a draw in this category, so they were they were tied. Yep. And as non-category victors, were not eligible here. I uh, also recall the recall the episode of the Pata episode being strong. Yep. Um, also, just want to mention that just so I made sure Pata got got a, got a <laughs> shout out in this one. Yeah, um, but did not win the golden ale that week, so he could not, uh, not, could not no. qualify here. So I had uh, I, I had Kansu as well for number two uh, champion of episode seven. I we were you know enthralled by the high stakes uh, gambling nature of the series, uh, the sort of Christopher Nolan esque uh, infinite loop. I, I thought the uh, you, you're you're wise to know there's a little bit more work involved with uh, let's call it legal clearance uh, with <laughs> yeah. his with his uh, time shifting Rolex. Now that is nothing that some lawyers couldn't figure out. Um, you know, depending on our budget, I think it, we could we could come up with something. I mean, for instance, <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you know, many great watch brands. If it didn't have to be Rolex, we could work our <laughs> way down. True. In the same sense that uh, I, I was uh, at a party last weekend and and uh, wanted to have a, a refreshing Dr Pepper, um, and uh, it was not available. So I assumed there would at least be Mr Pib, which is sort of your second. Uh, <laughs> second also tier, not yeah. available, but uh, what was available was an ice cold can of Dr Thunder, which is apparently. <laughs> A third stringer brand, but it was not, uh, not a malt beverage. <laughs> it was not. It was, it was a delicious soda that hit the spot on a uh, unseasonably excellent. warm uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So there's always options if we have if it has to be a magic, you know, Casio that he <laughs> digital watch that he has to turn back. We can work it out. But uh, definitely enjoyed the uh, the arc of that story for my second place vote. For first place, and and I do recall the the, the cinematic appeal of Ra was was excellent. So I do want to give that a shout out. Uh, I did go with Osiris uh, for episode uh, for episode two for my top vote. You'll of course recall that is that that cinematic treatment was uh, as King Osiris's body parts are distributed throughout the world. Each right. uh, segment or episode involves hunting one down uh, to reconstitute the god slowly but surely, and of course. Memorably, that took us in the end to Martha's Vineyard, uh, where to find the fish who was originally the one who uh, who consumed the uh, discarded phallus of Osiris. Uh, and in the perhaps the, the cinematic surprise of the season, it became an unexpected prequel to the movie Jaws. <laughs> um, so got uh, some 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 good feedback on that. Uh, enjoyed enjoyed talking through that. So that that gripping cinematic tale got my my vote. Although I have to point out that uh, just as Rolex has yet to reach out. Um, to to license uh the previous episode i've not heard from steven spielberg as hmm. either to uh to to uh, uh, option <laughs> right. uh the story of osiris as a prequel to jaws so despite uh that uh, that silence I, i'm right. still giving those two my votes so Kansu <laughs> second osiris first okay excellent all right and so that uh, uh that involves a little bit of math but i have been 
filling those in as we've yes. gone along. Uh, so and I now, believe last time you, I think you first announced the sort of third place finisher, um, sort of, yeah, like, we, kind of, kind of like your Miss Congeniality Award. Yes, uh, so, so we, maybe, we can do that here. That, you can, if you can crunch those numbers quickly. Yes, uh, and so, yep. So the third place we have Raw, uh, guy of the sun, that busy guy, uh, just yes. maybe a little too busy to <laughs> to come all the way back. Uh, so he came in third with five points uh and then this time we didn't have a tie which we did last time so uh we have in second place is isis uh queen of the gods uh throne goddess um mother of gods uh and she came in second with seven points and then in first place with eight points is none other than her husband, King of the Dead, Osiris. All right. So we have for our two finalists, then the, the, yeah. those who emerge from the first half to become eligible for that final and these three new categories, the power couple, Isis and Osiris. So we will move them forward. They will become, they will start with a clean slate and we will have yeah. our three new categories to choose between them to ultimately decide who wins season two. So uh, as preordained, Andrew, we're going to now take a quick break. Uh, you have 10 seconds to refresh yourself <laughs> uh, because we do not want to keep the audience waiting to right. get to those three new categories and, and uh, take us on the road to part two of the finale. So back in just a Jeff. All right. And we're back for part two and the final part of season two finale, God versus God. Our two finalists have just been revealed, Isis and Osiris. We now move to the final round of competition between those two. And of course, as we well know, and listeners well know, deeply intertwined, both husband and wife and brother and sister. <laughs> That's right. So we've had, we did have one husband-wife pair in uh, previous season, Zeus and Hera. Yep. Right from uh, episode 12, I want to say, of season one. Uh, who ended up becoming ineligible for reasons that we don't have to go into, but uh, not the <laughs> case reasons. with Isis and Osiris. Uh, right. So they are, you know, so a lot of the same stories, but different angles on them. Highly regarded, both of them, broad skills, compelling stories. And yet, um, as the movie Highlander always reminds us, and let's hear it from, from Highlander. There can be only one. That's right. right. Yes. The only yes, one. Is. Yes. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you remind us of those three new categories only used for our final round in our finale that will help to determine our final winner? Well, you know, I, I feel like I'm for most of our listeners, he's probably going to be top of mind as they have been <laughs> for the last 10 months. Yes. But just in case they haven't or if they started on season two, which is a perfectly legitimate thing to do. Sure. sure. Uh, you know, our three categories for the finale are a little bit different than the five we've been using all season. Uh, the first one is God gifted. And that is simply, you know, what are the benefits that we're going to get from the CD? We're going to go through all this trouble to bring them back. We're going through all this trouble of this mega episode for the finale. We want some benefits from that. And so that gives us God gifted. Yeah. And then the second one we have divine comedy. Comedy. So, comedy with the T. And that is. Uh, you know, we're putting together a team. Uh, we're putting together an Ocean's Eleven of uh, 
of a pantheon. Uh, they're going to have to be able to get along, be able to work well with others. Uh, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. Uh, so that, that's what we're looking for here. Yes. And then uh, lastly, uh, we have um, in God we trustworthiness. And that is, you know, we we do, you know, God of unintended consequences or not. Right. Uh, you know, we do want to limit those uh, downsides. So we're looking for uh, the God that's not going to get us into too much trouble uh, if if and when we bring them back. So balancing those out, we think these are pretty strong categories to add to yes. uh, the five that you've been hearing all season. So once again, that first category is that I'm going to start off right now is God gifted. So uh, t- to do this one, from, from my thinking, and I, I went back to the epithets uh, mm, that, that, we, that we use. So I, I looked some of those up off of uh, the modern interwebs and uh let's kind of go through those and, and what those sort of told me about each god so for osiris uh the, the epithets that came up were first one was osiris the inert one <laughs> so this is okay. this is this is uh, of course a reference to his status a, a, as a deity experiencing death um so you know, and maybe isn't the best indicator for his upside potential. Uh, you know, we, we already have some deities that are hanging around with a little bit of questionable work, work ethics as it True. is. Yeah. Uh, so that was a question, but uh, there were some other ones, some of which were a little bit better. So uh, his second one was Osiris, foremost among Westerners. So, right. so this is, uh, it sounds kind of cool. Uh, yeah, and, it sounds like kind of a cowboy. It's a, yeah. You know. I feel like maybe the the winners of the Western Conference in the NBA <laughs> yeah. should should take that title from now on uh, every year. That. Yeah. Uh, but for for, for Osiris's purpose, uh, this was a reference to his rule of the land of the dead, which uh, the Egypt for the Egyptians was always in the west, and the land of the setting sun was right, was where right. the uh, that. So you know that is a thing that he brings to us. Certainly, is uh, ability to rule over the land of the dead. Uh, should that be something? that we need uh, we're yeah. all going to be there eventually so okay. uh, you know we can't discount that um that's right osiris the beautiful one mm. which, is, which is nice I, yeah. sure right nice to have a god who's nice to look at <laughs> um, easy on the eyes yeah uh so uh they have osiris he who is lastingly in a fine condition so you know he takes care of himself which yeah. which i well preserved you know? that's, that's good yeah got some some brad pitt vibes yeah um you know so really one of the big things that he, that he brings uh, and it's hard for us really to know uh how to judge it is the rule of the, the land of the dead because we don't know really unfortunately we or fortunately we don't have direct access to what <laughs> what is the current state of the land of the dead i call that fortunate, times. but uh, you know yeah. your mileage may but vary for, for for our ability to judge it yes it is it is a hindrance so, so you know Unfortunately, you know, my concepts of the afterlife is, you know, pretty vague. Some sort of half-remembered stories about fluffy clouds and a guy with a beard at a gate, right? Uh, mixed in with the handbook for the recently deceased from Beetlejuice. Yes. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so I'm sure there is some room for improvement based on that, uh, at least if if I'm anywhere in the neighborhood. Sure. Um, you know, in the Egyptian telling, uh, there wasn't immediate ju- no waiting. Uh, you know, it was a quick pass or fail verdict that, that was acted upon, um, you know, and applying this to our age, uh, you know, 
not again, you know, comparative benefits of the Egyptian afterlife versus the ones available today is a little bit beyond even our ability to to adjudicate. I do think uh, having a non-eternal damnation is probably a a plus for those of us experiencing sinfulness. I would yes, <laughs> I would agree. Yes, so so that that that's a, that's a plus. And he also uh, I do want to say he has that connection you mentioned to to vegetation and agriculture. Yes, uh, you know, getting those crop yields up is probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. So now for Isis on on, on her epithets, um, we have these uh, Isis, the great of magic. So uh, you know she she so, has a heavy. Yeah. Heavy connection to magic, she can do yep. some card tricks, you know, a uh, little entertainment, and, and uh, some of her magic we're going to find out is tied to healing, which yes. is a, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we get Isis, cleverer than a million gods. Oh. So you know that that's that's pretty good. She's that's a really million good. and one, yep. and I, I'm going to just say that I don't think anyone's ever said that of Osiris. <laughs> no, sir. Definitely not so, him or his security detail. No. No. So uh, then, then we have. Isis, the star of the sea. And so I, I went, what is this about? And, and it turns out that later in her career, Isis uh, also became a sea goddess, among other things. She took oh. and became responsible for guiding home ships. Now, okay. uh, you know, you, you may think, do we really need that in this day and age with, with uh, GPS and all that? But you will perhaps also recall that it was not that long ago that in uh, the Suez Canal, uh, in Egypt, uh, there was a boat that, that got stuck. Oh, and, and that's, yeah, that's right. So, that was for like a couple of days, right? That was a, yeah, was a major disruption. Yes. Major disruption of all, all world sea traffic. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think we shouldn't be too cocky that we do do need uh, some help there. So um, Great point. And then we also get uh, Isis, the lady of the green crops. Hmm. Uh, so Isis also did have an agricultural role uh, in part as the guarantor of the Nile floods. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she had some some crop yield benefits as well. Yeah. Uh, and then Isis, Queen of Heaven, uh, which, you know, having, having a little royal family is always nice. So both both are, these deities would, would bring that with them. Um, so Isis, she offered healing. You know, there are a number of stories where she uses that magic uh, to heal other gods or people. Now, sometimes after she herself had poisoned them, or details it's it's all part of the context yeah yeah but but even if they were mostly dead and encased in a tree she's still mm-hmm. you know so that's some pretty powerful magic yeah. um and plutarch suggests that isis also allowed herself to be like a mortal woman of sorrows in order to console those who are suffering of humanity so mm-hmm. she took a little bit of that on herself uh you know to give some consolation um She's also said to be the one who ordained that men love women and that children love their parents. So she was spreading mm-hmm. the love. Um, again, that magical health care. Mm-hmm. So, you know, COVID is not what it what, what it once was, but we both know that it is still kicking around. Uh, you know, and we don't know what else is around the corners. So having a deity uh, with healing magic would would hopefully be reassuring to us and also um you know her protection of children and women is, is a good get uh same with the poor though, though that one's a little bit more non non-specific so uh 
yeah, that, that's what I had on them. So, uh, what, what did you come up with? So, so ISIS ultimately gets your vote. Then is was was the yeah so the, yeah the conclusion there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I I took it with a little bit of a different tact. I kind of each each of the two finalists I put into sort of these things would be useful today. Yep. These things would be less useful today. So okay, right. I love looking at it through this modern day lens. So Osiris, uh, him being a champion, as you pointed out, of fertility, great for agriculture in this era of climate change, bioengineering, you know, it's it, it, crop uh, crop security issues. Yep. Some of the most vexing problems we frankly have do have to do with the global balance of agriculture. Now, not something we typically get into in detail on this program, but <laughs> right, uh, right. ultimately an actual good ace in the hole that Osiris uh, could, could, you know, between supply chain and and world hunger could have a huge impact. Um, yep. So points for him there. Um, we'll also recall he was, uh, at least in, in in our definition, an early feminist in the sense that he left Osiris in charge when he went on his uh, his, his cultural journeys. So yep. he did not hesitate to, to, to put a woman as Pharaoh. Um, so that sort of sense of, of feminine empowerment would certainly be a, a plus in today's work environments and, and, and getting people on the side. Uh, similarly, uh, we didn't mention this, but, but remember Osiris also had green skin which would make yeah. an interesting kind of an intriguing diversity hire for a corporation <laughs> who wanted to you know, kind of balance out the scales a little bit there. Uh, right. And of course his final act uh, in terms of being useful was to head up the underworld and to manage the souls of the damned, which could equip him to be a pretty good corporate executive when you think about it. So he, yeah. he has those management skills yeah. uh, for those who are at the end of their rope. He will keep them in line. Uh, those are all useful, less useful, I think in a modern day context for Osiris um, while Admirable, certainly. Uh, his aforementioned stance against cannibalism, uh, radically progressive at the time. Today, I think we pretty much have that <laughs> yeah. under control, yeah. uh, with the possible exceptions of the occasional, you know, plane crash in the Andes or <laughs> the Showtime program Yellow Jackets. Be beyond those two, uh, cannibal cannibalism seems to be under control. Right. So, so useful at the time, less useful in a modern day context. Sure. Um, the, the the move that Osiris made to go to Europe and essentially just gather up and bring back all the best of art and culture uh, back to Egypt as part of his trip, uh, does that count as cultural appropriation? I'm not sure. It, it might be. I mean, if you do that from, from white people, I'm not sure it's it's as, as dangerous. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I'd like to think he, he, he traded a little bit, but uh, he certainly did his best. Yeah, to, I think he gave, he gave as good as he got. I there think. was import and export involved. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so since since Europe has done a great job of exporting its culture, that particular move would be less useful uh, these days. And you know, any role in being a leader or or helping to save humanity uh, it has to involve public credibility. By today's standards, the fact that he was married to his sister that that could chip away his credibility. Of course, we will soon learn that that uh, will cancel itself out. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Yeah. So it's a pretty good, pretty good, uh, strong ideas there couple of negatives isis very useful in terms of being having international and cross-cultural appeal right so we know a lot about how these gods did in their own home turf and sometimes some of the neighboring areas outside of egypt but you'll recall by the end of her run uh isis was essentially present in all these different traditions she was she sort of had a presence in juno and venus Hec hecate you know the mother of the gods so even after the ancient egyptians had fallen out of favor she really did live on in across all these cultures, suggesting that uh, could have could be really palatable uh, among many nations of the world when she comes back if, if she if she wins this program. Um, you went on about the healing and magic. Of course, we've we've gone on those the benefit of those skills. Um, 
Um, also useful, her ability to control an entourage of scorpion deities. Now, I don't know that that comes up that often, but it certainly couldn't hurt. I mean, if there's right. any sort of situation where you've got a bunch of scorpions and you've got one person who can who can handle them, I'll I'll take that person on my team any day. So we'll give her a point for that. Uh, I think most especially useful is her sense of patience. Um, a lot of these stories about gods are about gods who are impatient, you know, impetuous, need to get their way and get it quickly. Isis had great patience, you know, years in hiding, looking for her missing husband, decades standing by her son Horus in his quest for the throne. Uh, so playing the long game is certainly part of her character. So points for being useful there for Isis. In terms of less useful, uh, you know, similar to the thing against Osiris, being married to her brother, I, I suppose that that doesn't <laughs> each other out in the head-to-head competition. Uh, less useful was her ability to transform him, herself into a kite, which is a kind of bird. Uh, yep. Again, nice parlor trick, you know, kind of fun <laughs> in, in, the, right. in a magic show, but uh, maybe less useful in saving the world. Um, less useful, but still interesting, the ability to turn the saliva of Ra into a demonic clay snake and attack <laughs> him with it, uh, even bringing that mighty god to his knees. Now, if Ra's not in the picture, that maybe becomes a... Uh, a skill without him, without his saliva, there may be no contemporary case for that. So mm. a little bit of mixed bag on both sides. I think I agree with you that Isis gets the nod here. I think uh, the two of these figures experienced a lot in parallel. I see their stories were very much in sync. We have, if we can use past data to predict the future, I think it's, 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 it's worth noting that Osiris was almost always in peril, you know, had a good run at the beginning, was always playing defense, always yep. in trouble. Whereas Isis was typically the one taking charge, waiting for the right time, coming in to clean up his messes. So in terms of what is is truly useful for this skill today, right. I think that set of skills uh, wins the day. So Isis gets my vote for new category one as well. All right. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Yeah, she, she definitely is the, the proactive one in, yes. in that team or what I was at the time. So. All right, we're in agreement there, and that okay. makes moves us on to our second category, which is divine comedy. Uh, and uh, why don't uh, why don't you take this one first, Matt? Yeah. So, in terms of playing well with others, you know, Osiris, by all accounts, as a leader, just and fair, real man of the people, um, as his his uh, Middle Eastern neighbors to the north might have called him, a real mensch. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably not to his face, but that they they would have talked about him that way. Um, Hard to make a definitive judgment about playing well with others after the kingship, since again he was he was typically playing defense. He was trapped in a coffin. He was getting chopped up. He was uh, you know posthumously uh, creating children. Uh, but in his later years, definitely some good signs in terms of getting along with others. So remember, in the afterworld, you've got uh, this is not a one man show. The Egyptians would face the judgment of a tribunal of forty two divine judges. That's a big team to run. Um, he likely had some strong-headed individual contributors in that team. So he kept all of those uh, folks con- coordinated and, and doing their work. Uh, a lot of good management skills there. You also recall that uh, those who did not make the cut were fed to Amit, the soul-eating demon. Um, but we really can't blame Osiris for that. He was just he he was the guy with the clipboard following the established <laughs> protocols, got it yep. all done. Um, and no, no real stories of him being antagonistic. So seemed to get that afterlife third third act together very smoothly, played by the rules. Very strong case in getting along with others, at least certainly at the macro level. Um, 
ISIS, in terms of getting along with others, you know, the emblematic figure of motherhood and healing, hard to beat that, you know, even after uh, in certain situations, her sister Nephthys, of course, disguised herself, slept with her husband, Osiris, um, in disguise, uh, and resulted in the love child Anubis. But ISIS, to her credit, helped raise the love child anyway. Great example of playing with others. You've got this multidimensional sort of disguise-ridden, you know, a very complicated family situation that she handled very well. Uh, of course, she paired up with her sister in mourning, Osiris. That became emblematic. Um, you mentioned uh, one ding in terms of playing well with others, bringing that scorpion entourage around, having the you know, the scorpion unfortunately attack the small <laughs> child nearly to death. Yep. It is true that Isis was able to use her healing powers to bring the youngster back, but certainly a, a ding in the category. Um uh, and of course, very crafty in dealing with Ra, with the stealing of the old man drool, using it to form the clay, the clay snake, and using it to attack him uh, to secure power for her son Horus. The plot ultimately did work, so we'll give her credit for that. But uh, also pretty sneaky; she had her, yeah. her sneaky element. So it's a close one. There's there's elements to be made on both sides, arguments to be made. I think on one hand, Osiris, you know, really has a blameless record with others, does does well when he's not uh, being chopped up and distributed or trapped in a coffin. Um, Isis has a couple of dark moments with others. Then on the other hand, even in darker moments, Isis, to her credit, finds a way to resolve the situation through magic and diplomacy. So this this classic question we keep coming to, the active role versus the passive role. Uh, And when it comes to getting along with others, it's not just not fighting with others, but also proactively getting, getting that diplomacy cooking. So Osiris, very good at the big picture politics, help people in the abstract as the king. Yep. Isis excels that one-on-one level, really making it right uh, individually. So it's a tough call because her role is more active and more creative uh, and not so macro and bureaucratic. My vote by a very slim margin on this one does go to Isis. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, for me, you know, I, I think I'll start with Osiris again. Uh, I think he he mostly does get good marks. Uh, certainly, as as king, he was beloved. Um, uh, he of course got on well with his wife, uh, which is which is always a a, a win. Certainly, uh, he he gets along well with with nearly all the gods, save his brother Set, uh, <laughs> which which of course uh, cost him dearly. And, and you know, and while it's not you know one hundred percent clear how that falling out happened, uh, you know. We've emphasized the possibility of an affair with Set's wife, uh, but one that the sister Nephthys tricks Osiris into. That's right. I don't want to give him uh, too much blame uh, because I think our best evidence is that that, that he he was uh, tricked into this as well. So uh, then he does go on uh, eventually to the afterlife because of that falling out uh, with with Set, and um, and there. You know, as the king of the dead, he, he continues uh, not only to run uh, the kingdom of the dead, but he also works on a nightly basis with Ra. Uh, you know, he provisions the bark. Uh, he perhaps loans out some of his guard demons. Mm. Uh, so he, again, is is a team player. And then even after he, he he's dead twice, uh, he, he is respected enough to be brought back uh, to judge that final decision between Horus, his uh, posthumous son, and his murderous brother Set, yes. and then sh- he shocks the world uh, by coming down on the side of his son uh, in, in that. Um, after in that, after contemplating it for eighty years, yes, yeah, yeah <laughs> in, in that decision. So, 
you know, the, the one deity that Osiris really doesn't do right by is actually a deity who's, who's perhaps his other son, Anubis. Mm. Uh, so Anubis is, is thought to be the product of that uh, brief affair with uh, his sister Nessus, and he's basically abandoned by Nessus and Osiris, really, only to actually be raised by Isis. Uh, so then, um, you know, after Anubis is raised and he's out on his own, he's gone out and he's established himself down in the kingdom of the dead, you know, Osiris uh, comes in, and uh, you know, says to him, you know, son, I, I'm I'm sorry that I abandoned you, and I, I wasn't really around to raise you. But the good news is that uh, we're going to be spending a lot more time together uh, from now on. That's true. Uh, the bad news is that I'm taking your job and you're being demoted. <laughs> so, well, from a man to see both insults and injury, he was uh, clearly able to dole out both to the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so a little little bit of an insensitivity there, though though Anubis Great didn't point. seem to mind too much. Yeah. Uh, now, so Isis, uh, on the other hand, uh, tended to use her wits uh, with her relationship with other gods, as you sort of pointed out uh, to some extent already. Um, she would use her wits to get what she wanted. Uh, she takes that snake to shake down Ra in order to empower her son Horus with the Eye of Horus. Um, in the contendings of Horus and Set, she at one point transforms herself into a beautiful young woman to try and entrap Set into admitting that Horus has the better claim and set up sort of a Perry Mason yes. uh, moment for herself. Doesn't quite work, but you know she she does get him to admit it, but it doesn't sway the jury. Um, and and she uh, I would say is the brains behind um that health code nightmare salad that was served to set. So, uh, you know, she definitely knew how to get things done. Uh, she was, she, she was, uh, used her guile to do it. Um, you know, on, on the other hand, she does display incredible loyalty to her, her husband, Osiris and her, her son, Horace. Um, she takes on, uh, her husband's jackal headed, uh, Son uh, seems to forgive her her sister Nessus. Yeah, um, and she has a good working relationship with Thoth, uh, who helps her out from time to time, including putting her head back on. Yeah, that's that's what really comes through for you. We need to get reheaded after you're beheaded. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so um, you know, she certainly had great loyalty, uh, and that manipulation aspect could be effective, but it is mm. also a bit of a high risk strategy to be sure. So I think that really sets up a, a very close contest for me, um, you know, and in this one, I think that maybe uh, Isis is a little bit more high risk. And so I, I actually went with Osiris on, on this one that, that he, he was, uh, got along better certainly. So, yeah. uh, so, we, so we were split on that one. Uh, so Isis had the, the clear one in the first round, yes. split on two. Uh, so we'll see what comes out in God We Trustworthiness. Uh, Osiris needs to win both our votes mm. in order to tie it up. And so our next category we have in God We Trustworthiness. And this, again, is who has 
the least amount of downside. Yes. Predictability, uh, with, the non-loose cannon, if you yes. will. Yes. The one who is the most trustworthy. Uh, and so so for me, Cyrus, in this one, at, at first glance, uh, doesn't have much downside. Um, as Pharaoh, he, he's pretty much a model ruler. Um, you know, he, he spreads culture around. He, he bans cannibalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say his symbols include the thresher uh, as an indication that, that he potentially at least is not above doing a little whoop ass uh, sure. if, if the peasants get out of line. That's right. That was simple. So, yep, hundred percent. So, uh, but there aren't, to be fair, any noted incidents that I was able to find of him opening up said can. No. Uh, so he had that potential, but we can't say for sure that, that he ever really did it. Um, as ruler of the land of the dead, again he runs a, a tight ship. He, he, yes, he's delegating a lot of work. Uh, but he's also he's not engaged in a lot of shenanigans mm. uh, that we know of. So, uh, but I think the area where I did find some potential downside risk with Osiris, uh, you know, it comes out of those two major negative events that we see with him, uh, which you know involved getting tricked into sleeping uh, with his sister-in-law sister, um, which, which really starts that whole. Uh, epic myth cycle of family uh, drama. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, and, and yes, Nethsis was disguised, but we don't really know how effective that disguise was. And while it's not in the, the narrative, there, there's part of me that suspects, you know, it could have been not much more than a, than a cheap wig and a, and a false voice. And, <laughs> and you know, because there's something a little overly trusting about Osiris. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we see that same type of error in the next one, which is, you know, his brother, who he's just wronged quite a bit, comes with a coffin to the party, and, and without question, Osiris just hops in and says, "Oh yeah, eh, this does this fit. one fits." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it, if he doesn't do that, perhaps Seth's whole plans are, th- are thwarted. We don't know, and it could have changed a lot of things. So that's very true. Uh, he's a little bit of a gullible god, mm. and I think especially in this day and age of misinformation and social media craziness mm. and conspiracy theorists I, that there's a, maybe a little bit of a heightened risk to have having uh a god who's maybe a little bit too e- easily swayed interesting so that's so that's his downside risk um for isis it's a little bit in the other direction she she is clever she's wily uh you know but is she too clever for her own good or for ours mm. um you know not all of her tricks really land successfully uh also on on occasion she'll she will travel with a band of scorpion deities um which i suppose that you know there's some risk there of uh scorpion proliferation or invasive species problems uh you know which uh is a problem we're sensitive to Uh, on occasion she will resort to violence herself um and we know that her aim is not that great so you know i think especially if, if one's into snorkeling you might have to be a little bit careful who you snorkel close to. If, yeah. if it, you know, is a chaos god or some sort of agent of Apophis, uh, you could get a friendly fire shish kebab. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you gotta you gotta be a little careful with that. Um, <laughs> but I will say we don't see her directing her wrath directly towards people in any large scale way. That's right. Uh, even when she directs her wrath at Set in that harpoon, she actually does eventually relent and and helps heal him. 
um, yeah, we, we've we've come to the 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 raw snake poisoning a few times, um, but again, that that was not wrathful. It was calculated and aimed at a fellow god. Yes, and and I think for me at least, I I kind of dinged her for that in the divine comedy uh, section. So, and I think that's the correct place for me to to put that. So, with all this said, I for me, I, I went with Isis uh, as the winner of. In God's we trustworthiness. Interesting. Okay, so I read this category based on 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 how we described it the first season as predictability, non loose canon. Yeah. So lots of ways to interpret trust, but to me, it is about consistency, predictability. Uh and Osiris, I gotta say, is hard to beat when it comes to consistency. Mm. He is the ultimate kind of steady Eddie. I mean, he is. <laughs> By he's associated with the cycles of nature, the sprouting yeah. of vegetation, the, the flooding of the Nile every year, the even the rising of Orion and Sirius to mark each new year. All these emblems of consistency, yeah, are all part of his his makeup. Uh, he even had predictability baked into one as one of his epithets. He was permanently benign and youthful. So yes. when everything else changes, this guy steady Eddie. So as a king, and when he was in control, model of consistency. Uh, he, when he was a, a, a dying man trapped in a coffin at sea, incredibly consistent, <laughs> did exactly what you'd expect him to. Yeah. When he was cut into 14 pieces and distributed throughout Egypt, unpredictable circumstances, but you can't blame his character for that. He did the best <laughs> he could. Uh, and then, of course, as Lord of the Underworld, he kept that robust bureaucracy running very smoothly. Where yes. Nobody nobody had to wait in line. Everybody had a, a fair shake. Uh, so in terms of pure predictability, consistency, very, very strong marks for Osiris. Now, Isis, on the other hand, this is where her sense mm. of cunning gets her into a little bit of trouble. So, you know, we talked about, you alluded to this just a moment ago, her 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 move to disguise herself as a mortal woman to trick Set into something of a, of a confession, uh, which she successfully did. But as you also pointed out in that episode, they quickly just moved on to hippo <laughs> contests. And it was, despite yeah. that, that powerful legal uh, moment uh, was not effective. Um, also, of course, you know, assumed in, in the the ordeal with the scorpions that almost got the kid killed. She also assumed a disguise in that one. So she was coming to the door kind of dressed up as, as yeah. somebody else. Uh, so there's a, a bit of uh, a bit of trickery that does that does to me translate as inconsistency. Uh, of course, the ordeal with with Ra and the spit snake. Very sneaky, uh, very backhanded there. Um, all of these, to her credit, resulted in a decent outcome. Maybe not no. exactly the 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 outcome she wanted, but at least in that direction, her motivations were probably sound. I mean, no one's going to look at her dressing up and sneaking Horace into a confession as or a sneaking set into a confession as a bad thing right. because he was a monster. Um, so good heart, fairly good outcomes, but predictable she was not. Right. And so through the lens of predictability, through not being a loose cannon, uh, I give that decision to Osiris. All right. So I think it can really only add to our credibility that we interpreted this final category completely differently. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that we did. However, uh, be that as it may, uh, you know, I dinged ISIS for some of the same things in the first in the second round that you dinged yeah. for in the third round. That's true. I think we came uh, close to each other anyway, and we end up with ISIS winning one round, two ties. And therefore, Isis is our golden ale winner. My she goodness. Will, she will join Prometheus. So, so Isis breaks the divine glass ceiling in the new does. pantheon and makes yes. it so that there is now equal 
gender representation in the new pantheon alongside Prometheus. Will be interesting to see how the two of them get along. Yes, uh, clearly very different traditions, very different skill sets, uh, mentalities. I might argue uh, they could get along pretty well because Prometheus had a bit of a cunning streak. Yeah, as well, he was uh, inclined to uh, maybe go against the grain from time to time with a, with a good heart um, because of his his love for humanity. Uh, I think there may be this may be a, a more of a kindred spirit between these two than yeah. the others uh, might have yeah. predicted. Yeah, he, he certainly was not above a little trick, uh, you know, uh, with right. whether it was with the sacrificial meat or yes, uh, something else. <laughs> oh, so, that's right. Yeah. So oh, uh, we might have a pretty good match here. Well, I don't know. Uh, technically, if if Isis has been in retirement all these decades, and I, I assume she's moved on past her second husband, so so maybe. Uh, matching up with uh, with Prometheus is not only a great uh, professional colleague relationship on the oh. Pantheon, could be a love connection as well. Yeah, well, we, you're gonna ship, you're gonna ship them. Ship them. <laughs> exactly. I will be, I will be their ship and their stand of both. If I'm using <laughs> terms correctly, and I doubt it. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, an exciting and a nail biter as well. We didn't have to bring out the uh, the, the the tie breaking spreadsheet. No, but, uh, it was ready so to go. It was ready. I have no doubt that it was. Well, that is. Uh, so just last year, as as I needed to then transport the golden goat to Prometheus in Greece, I assume one of us after this, after we're done recording, we'll have to decide who goes to Egypt to deliver a ice cold golden ale uh, to Isis uh, yes. in celebration of her victory. Well, uh, Andrew, thank you for uh, for joining me uh, once again on this uh, this journey for making this all possible. Uh, thank you to our listeners uh, who have been through uh, thick, thin, bizarre, strange, all of it. Right. Uh, to get to this end point. Um, we've had a great time doing it. We have, uh, as always, we do want to thank, of course, Andy Snow, whose, uh, whose theme music is yes. indispensable. We do send you, of course, to our Spotify playlist. Uh, we will return in, uh, in, in the coming weeks. Uh, and I think I can, I can, I can announce yes. this with a, a Halloween special. So right. uh, we had such a great response to our, our holiday special last year around the Christmas right. time, uh, Santa versus Saturn. We are going to have a, a similar uh, sort of a exhibition match, if you like, yes. uh, between seasons uh, around Halloween. So we'll give you more details about that in the weeks ahead, and we'll time that just in time to celebrate uh, Halloween. So right. something to look forward to, a bittersweet occasion. Uh, sad though we are uh, to con- conclude this season, uh, we are also happy to look forward to that. And uh, and more announcements uh, shortly thereafter about uh, about the future and what mm-hmm. future seasons may hold. So keep your ears open for that. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Andrew, before we sign off for season two? Uh, as always, like, rate, and review. Uh, give us yes. a follow on the socials. And uh, all right. Other than that, that'll do it. All, all right, right, folks. Well, thank you for traversing ancient Egypt with us. Uh, it has been our pleasure and our service. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again uh, later in the fall. Until then, take care. Talk to you soon. Right. Bye.